With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com is the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm signing up and playing is so easy simply sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matter more than ever place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. You know, um, Tony Bennett is the head coach of Virginia, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but with college basketball a couple weeks away and the NBA draft just two days away, just two days away, um... Interestingly enough, Tony Bennett is still the defending national championship coach. <laughs> like that, that is the, he is going to be a long time. Like by the time we get to the NCAA tournament, which we'll believe they'll for two years, he'll be defending champions. His dad's name is Dick Bennett. Dad is not in the 
college or pro basketball hall of fame. And, uh, well, he very well should be. Um, he was a high school coach in, uh, at West Bend, Wisconsin. That's where he got his start. Then he went to Mineral Point, Wisconsin. <laughs> then he went to Marion, Wisconsin. Then New London, Wisconsin. Then Eau Claire, Wisconsin, before getting the job at Stevens Point. From Stevens Point, he went to UW-Green Bay. The year before he got to UW-Green Bay, they were 4-24. and um, And by the time he got to 1995 years later, they went to the NIT. He then took him to the NCAA tournament with his son, Tony as his point guard. He left, went to Wisconsin. And people forget that Wisconsin, because Wisconsin becomes such a great basketball program now, when he took over, they were they were terrible. But by the time he got towards the end of his run, they actually went to a Final Four, my senior year in 2000. Took some time off and went to Washington State, a team that was a perennial loser, handed off to his son, Tony, where they became a Sweet 16 team. His style of defense is known as the pack line defense. That's taken from the Green Bay Packers. Seriously. When he's at Stevens Point, his last four years, they won 22, 26, 28, 25 games. When he was at Green Bay, uh, his last five years, they won 24, 24, 25, 13, and 27, and 22. When he's at Wisconsin, uh, he started off taking over a program, won 17, 18, 12, then 22, and then 22 went to a Final Four. And no, he did not personally turn around Washington State, but he handed it over to his son who did because he only coached there three years before retiring. My point is that um, Dick Bennett started a, a style of defense and offense that has been successful with his son and a bunch of other places. How they play defensively is how I would say 75% of the teams in college basketball on some level play. Right? Call it pack line, loading to the ball, whatever. It is a it is a defense in which you're playing, you're you're on the ball with toughness, and then you have everybody else kind of loading up, helping out. Help oriented, man solid man to man. Make you make jump shots over a contested hand. It works. His motion style of offense called blocker mover. Again, I don't love, but it works. It has some flaws to it, as we're exposed. When they lost to UMBC, some of that was personnel. Some of that is just, you know, it it is kind of traditional in style and not terribly flexible at times. I think Dick Bennett's as good a basketball coach as I've ever seen. You know, it wasn't like he was at garden spots. It wasn't like he was at glamorous universities. You know, going against Michigan, going against Ohio State, we're in the Big Ten. Those were destination schools, whereas Wisconsin was just, for Wisconsin kids and local kids. And they traditionally struggled to recruit Chicago and, and Milwaukee. I look at, at, uh, at Bill Belichick and obviously he's had far more success, but this is kind of the point. If, if you can win 25 on consecutive years at Wisconsin green Bay, if you can win 22 and go to a final four at Wisconsin, <clears throat> that is the same or many ways better than being a dominant team at a Kansas, at a Kentucky, at a Duke and a Carolina or a UCLA. Why? Because they have the benefits of 
who they are, drawing in the best of the best of the best, almost regardless of who the coach is. Bill Belichick's team is four and five on the year. And the stats in many ways are unkind to them. Right? I mean, I, I don't know if you saw this, but they've scored 189 points on the year. They've given up 211 points in the year. That That's not good. That is just not great. In addition to that, um, go and look at, at Cam Newton's personal stats, right? He's thrown one touchdown pass since week three against the Raiders. One. Yet they just beat the Jets, granted, come from behind win, and beat the Ravens. That's for their quarterback throwing one touchdown pass in the last six games. Now, are they going to go to the playoffs? Maybe. You know, they have the Texans, Cardinals at home, good team. Chargers, two and seven. Talented team, but two and seven. They'll stay out in Southern California and then play the Rams. They still have to go to the Dolphins, who are probably the best team in that division. Although Buffalo is better record-wise right now. Uh, They still get the Bills at home and then the Jets at home as well. You look at that schedule and I would say they probably have four more wins. Considering. You consider that they've beaten the Dolphins already. Granted, first week of the season, different quarterback. But they just beat the Ravens, who are one of the favorites to win the AFC. They got the Raiders, who are a playoff team. Like They actually have three good wins of their four. But that doesn't even matter. Watch the team. Look at the level of competitiveness. Then factor in that could have beaten the Bills. Could have beaten the Broncos. Came down to the last play against the Seahawks. And this is a team that didn't just lose their Hall of Fame quarterback. They lost eight players to opt out and Julian Edelman's done for the year with knee surgery. Stefan Gilmore is their best player. He hadn't played the past three weeks. So your best offensive wide receiver, your best player, eight defensive players opt out. Cam Newton hasn't been particularly good. By his own admission, he's been terrible. And here you sit with four wins when everyone's gunning for the Patriots to make them pay for the 20 years of misery that they have placed on not just everyone in that division, but the rest of the league. You know, no, th- th- this is the interesting. I've, I've often said that college coaches should stay in college, not because they don't want to challenge themselves, not, but because like, look, if you're at a big time college, you have better personnel than the other team 90% of the time. I mean, that's like Nick Saban. He's at Alabama. He's just got better players than the other team. 90-95. And he's a good coach. But even he will tell you, like, I'm a great recruiter. You start with a leg up on everybody else. Then the go again and look around. Like, Why would you ever leave college when you have a, a substantial event? Usually in the pros, everybody's about the same. And then you got one player here, DeAndre Hopkins last night. You got one player there. You got a quarterback here that's just better. And that's why you win more games. The New England Patriots this year, it would be you'd be hard pressed outside of maybe the Jets to find a roster that is worse than theirs. They got a good offensive line, right? They got a good offensive line when healthy. They have nothing special at wide receiver, nothing special or or proven at tight end. They haven't been healthy at running back, and even there, like last night, you had a guy run like his life depended on it because his football life did in fact depend on it, right? Damian Harris, 121 yards, 22 carries. 
I mean, Jacoby Myers is another converted quarterback who's making big catches on fourth down and finding the first down. Like, there's no look around that roster. No Patrick Chung, no Dante Hightower, no uh, no Gilmore. Who do you want on that team? And whether or not they get to the playoffs, don't get the playoffs, get to 500, get to nine wins, they're competitive because the coach won't allow them. Their culture won't allow them to be anything but. In, in a way in which I've told people that Dick Bennett is a Hall of Famer, I would say that Bill Belichick, regardless of the Super Bowls, what he's doing with this Patriots roster is that of the greatest coaching job he's probably ever done. And he had a team that went 18-0 and lost on a couple of fluky plays in the Super Bowl. And this is a better coaching job. And I'm, I, I bet if you asked him, he would say the exact same thing. The exact same thing. This is Cam Newton talking about how Bill Belichick prepared him for the weather conditions. Listen, everything that coach, coaches throughout the week, it, 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 it tends to come up and you know, I'm beginning to think he either has like a Staples Easy button or a <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings button or just a straight direct line to the football guys because he's like a football whisperer when it comes to anticipating what the game's going to be like, how we need to win and things like that. You know, I didn't we talk about this last week with uh, Tim Lester? Yeah, Tim Lester's the head coach to Western Michigan and he... He talked about having the spike it play and they'd had it for years and he worked on it, worked on it, worked it. Finally, they worked on it and it actually, they used it on a Wednesday night. They ran it and faked spiking the football and scored a touchdown out won the game. Right? That, that's in Michael Lombardi's book about the Malcolm Butler play, right? It's the, it's the preparedness. They trained for it all year long, never used it, do, and, and all of a sudden it comes up. And that's when you also get complete buy-in from players. You know, last night I had a really interesting experience. So my son is 11 years old and he loves basketball. And if you know anything about AAU basketball, the number one thing you have to be able to do in order to compete is break a press. Okay. And it, it covers up the fact that a lot of these guys, they don't really know what they're doing coaching wise. That's why we're all coaching AAU basketball, right? You're only coaching AAU basketball if you can't get a, high school or college job, or if your kid's playing, right? That's the only reason you're doing it. Because otherwise, like I was in a gym coaching seventh grade team that my son doesn't play on yesterday because I love ball. But the whole reason I'd done the program is because my kid plays. But last night he's playing against the press and he's playing with new players and younger players and sixth grade, but he has a couple fifth graders that never played before. And him and one of the guy, you know, it's basically like two versus three in the press. And he comes to me after the game and he's like, dad, how did you know? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, last week at practice, you did a two on three, a two on three drill over and over and over again about breaking the press. And it really helped me. And that's why I broke the press so easy. <laughs> and I said, well, cause I've done this before. I know how it works. I knew, right. Like that's coaching. Knowing what's coming, preparing your guys for what's coming. And when they see what's coming and they execute the way which you tell them to execute and it works, they're like, oh my God, I'll do anything this guy says. Belichick does that more than anybody else. He's winning with a roster no one else could win with. He's competing where no one else could compete. It's not even close. The old chess versus checkers, that's Belichick. And it doesn't, and John Harbaugh is not a bad coach. It's not. 
but there's a different level to what Belichick's doing. Coming up next, what happened to the Seahawks? Well, we kind of told you, but we'll tell you again. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. We started the year saying like, yeah, I don't know if I see the Seahawks thing working because the defense and I mean, like how much can Russ really carry a football team? And I think the answer is not as much as people thought he could carry a football team. It's just, you know, there's, there's certain, there's certain things that are successful, but aren't sustainable, right? Successful, but not sustainable. You know, it's, it's Lamar Jackson was successful early on, but not sustainable. I mean, you think, think of, 
some of the things it's it's no different than what happened. I mean, look, I don't know if we're going back into lockdown or not. The numbers are not good. And I you know, like we, we have this thing where it's like, well, people are threatening lockdown. Like, that's not really what's happening. We're trying to figure out how we get out of this really tough situation, right? That's what we're trying to figure out. How do we get these numbers to kind of turn around for us? Can we figure out a way to get these numbers to turn around for us? And if some form of lockdown is what has to take place again, like, so be it. I mean, now we seem better prepared in sports. The NBA pulled off the bubble. College football and college basketball will be in their own bubbles with students going home. Uh, The NFL has made it work so far. I think they'll continue to find a way to make it work. So we'll have sports on TV. And if there's a lockdown 2.0, it'll feel better than lockdown one. But the, it's like business will tell you like, look, this is not sustainable. Yes. Restaurants like, man, everybody I know is ordering out and really trying to help local restaurants out. But like at some point, at some point you can't order out every night. You got to cook at home. I don't Restaurants got to figure out, do I take PPP and take the money? Or, like the, the model of what we did last time was not sustainable long-term. That's why people wanted to open back up. When we open back up, that's not sustainable because more and more, too many people are getting sick, right? It's, it's not just short-term, but long-term. Well, long-term in an NFL season, an NFL season is 16 games in 17 weeks, but it is long. And the Seattle Seahawks are now six and three on the year. And the final score was not a thumping, but it felt like a thumping watching it. It did not feel like the Seahawks ever really had, ever really had a feel for how are we going to be able to get Russell Wilson in that situation. He's seemingly always in driving with the football late in a close game. I mean, when we really look at it, really look at it, the Cowboy game was very close. That was back when Dak was playing. The Patriots had the ball at the one-yard line, a chance to beat them. They beat the Vikings by one point. Like, these were the wins they had. Granted, lost a close game to the Cardinals, rushed through three picks. Lost to the Bills, gave up 44 points, and then just lost to the Rams. Um, I think, like, all this stuff we should have seen coming. And, and we can point to Russell Wilson, but his team has scored more points than anybody in the divisions, the 266 points that they've allowed. Think about this. The Rams have allowed 168 points in the season. The Seahawks have allowed 266. Same number of games. Same number of games. So nine games, you do the math, that's nearly 30 points a game. Um, can you win a game this way? Sure. Can you upset a team? Absolutely. And should we factor in that they've had injuries at running back again, second straight year by all means, that would be unfair otherwise, but big, but, 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 um, you know, I look at this thing and I'm telling you it, it, we told you it wasn't sustainable at the time. We cannot take what they did early in the season as who they are. Once you get around to November, and into December, that's who you are as a football team. And, uh, you know, if you have a cornerback, cornerback who can shut down DK Metcalf, if you can pressure them with four because their offensive line isn't great and they're not really going to run the football, that's what the Rams did. There was no special. Ramos can tell you, he watched the whole game. It wasn't like they were sending guys at him. They just they had Aaron Donald and they just got home at times and flustered him. 
and he was seeing ghosts. And now he's trying to force things. And that's why he's gone from a guy who was the leader in the MVP clubhouse to nine touchdowns, seven interceptions, second in the NFL in interceptions, despite only having one, one through the first, uh, what was it? Through the first five weeks of the season. Now he's second in the NFL with eight interceptions. It just It wasn't a sustainable style. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Let's welcome in Joel Klatt, who joins us, Fox Sports League college football analyst. You and I have been ardent defenders of uh, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan, what he's done, turning around the culture, winning. And and I'd like, it's it's really easy to go like, hey, Penn State hadn't won either. And you look in Northwestern Indiana are in first place in their divisions. That that said, what what is going on in Michigan? Yeah, I mean, it's not good right now, uh, Doug. And I and I think the the problem is is and and to some extent, this is why Muschamp was kind of shown the door at South Carolina is that when you start struggling in the areas that are supposed to be your expertise, then you know questions really start arising, and that's clearly the case with Michigan. Their inability to be uh, physical in the run game. Their inability to stop people now on defense. These are supposed to be the things that were the constants of the equation. And then the the aspect of like, well, how explosive can they be offensively? Those were the questions that we were going to pose and they were going to um, to answer, you know? And so for, for my seat, it's it's when you start struggling with your with, with your constants is when the I don't want to say panic, but is when the frustration really sets in. And clearly you're seeing that from the fan base. Um, it's, it's not good right now. And they're, they're just not as good of a football team as, as what we imagined they could or should have been this season. And that starts and stops with the head coach. Is it, is it an evaluation problem? You know, you, this is the first year that they've had a starting quarterback that he has recruited out of high school. And yet, after a very good first game against Minnesota, it just there's too many turnovers and too much inaccuracy and an inability to look like a like a big time starting quarterback. Again, I, like I know it's hard. You know, spring football. You're only four games in to your college season, to your college career as a starter, and you know people are saying you're not good enough. But uh, is it is it an evaluation problem with a guy like Joe Milton? Because Every other quarterback he's had has evolved and become better than they were before he got there. Yes, but but I think that there's a frustration in particular since since Jake Rudock. Remember, Rudock was the graduate transfer from Iowa, yeah. and then he was with him his first year, and he was kind of like, oh, look at this. Harbaugh always develops a quality quarterback. And that was even his M.O. going back to, to Stanford, and even with the 49ers, you know, and, and having success with um, a, a, a Colin Kaepernick and and making that run to the to the playoffs and into the NFC Championship game and into the Super Bowl, and so there was this there was this notion that like well Harbaugh will always be able to develop a quarterback, and then after Jake Rudock, what happened is that none of his quarterbacks got better. You know, Wilton Spate didn't get better. It, it, like no, none of it materialized. Jay Patterson was was somewhat disappointing uh, at times, and they never kind of got over that hump. And now we've got a quarterback that he recruited. I don't know if it's the evaluation. I, I do know that Milton is really talented. And what I saw against Minnesota in that first game had me very excited for what we could see for the rest of the season. And then it's just no, nothing's happened. And I keep saying that because it's just, it, it feels stagnant. It feels 
um, frustrating from that from that standpoint. And a lot of it stems from the fact that I, I just have never felt like they've established their identity under their new offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis. It, it felt like they were about to after that Minnesota game. And I talked about how they were going to marry this this spread system of speed and space with the power of the old Harbaugh run game and the gap schemes, and yet none of that materialized. And now it feels like they're caught in between the two, and they don't do either of them well, which makes them a very average to below average offense in general. And when you are a below average offense, guess who gets the line share of the, the, the blame? The quarterback. And sure, Milton should have or could have or needs to be better. But the bottom line is right now that entire unit is not playing very well at all. Um, I, I, I understand that Clay Helton has some shortcomings that he probably wouldn't have gotten the USC job uh, under different circumstances, right? Than the one, the way in which he got it. But I, I gotta tell you, there's a little something to the misery of the USC fan. You called the game two weeks ago and you pointed out the inadequacies of their offense. And yet, through a little bit of luck, they found a way to win a game against Arizona State, right? Through a little bit of luck, they found a way to win a game this weekend as well. Is there any sense of like, I just, I feel like USC fans can't even appreciate the fact that they're 2-0 and because they're so fed up with the fact that they don't think Clay Helton should be their coach. Uh, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, and, and <laughs> Doug, it's, it's fascinating when you and I talk about USC because we live amongst like the throngs of USC fans, right? Sure, like that's sure. where <laughs> that's where we are. I hear it every single day. I go out, I walk outside of my house, and and there are five USC fans waiting to talk USC football. And so, yes, you you have your finger on the pulse as as I do in terms of the frustration with that fan base. I think what 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 happened last week, while they won the game, has to be as I don't want to say demoralizing, but as frustrating a win as you can possibly have, because it's it's just so apparent to me that that this strict adherence to the air raid under Graham Harrell is really hurting them. It's really hurting them. It's hurting them on their philosophy in terms of being able to run the ball on first down. It's hurting them in their short yardage game. And and I explained that during the course of the game, and I heard from so many USC fans, and they all just said, like, thank you. In fact, he was asked again about it today in a press conference, and he said, like, listen, we just, you know, he was asked, why don't you go under center with the quarterback? And he says, well, that's just not us. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not okay. Like, you can't, Doug, you can't say that, right? Like, well, that's just not us. Like, what do you mean that's not us? That's If you don't have a quarterback, that is going to be a run threat, you better be able to go under center because it does a couple of different things. One, it gets you more downhill. Two, it gets you a much better play-action or run-action fake. Play-action basically means that you're going to fake a big run play and then you're going to actually pass, protect, and take a shot, right? You're going to form a pocket. Run-action passes means that you're going to have like a full-flow action where you've got big, heavy run action, and then you're going to get the quarterback outside of the pocket. So it's run-action pass, and he's outside of the pocket. Well, when you have that full flow style of, of, of play, what you do is that you put defenders in conflict. Okay. So you can, there's a couple of ways that you can do this. If you want to be in the shotgun, your quarterback better be a threat so that you can keep the edge defender in conflict. This is just short yardage football 101. You can be in the shotgun and then that quarterback's going to read that edge defender, that, that in, in man of the line of scrimmage. We call it the EOL. He's going to read that EOL and freeze him and hold him. That's how you can run the inside zone out of the shotgun in a short yardage situation. 
If your quarterback is not going to be in a zone read situation, then there's no way to hold the end man on the line of scrimmage. The only way you can do that is with like jet sweep motion or if you're going to boot out or run action pass full flow action outside of that. So, Doug, there is a massive disconnect right now between what they're trying to execute on the field in short yardage and what is actually football 101 soundness in that short yardage situation. And, and to be honest with you, I don't get it. I just don't get it whatsoever. They tried that jet action motion, by the way, that jet sweep motion. Yep. And they ran it to the tight end side and not to the split end side. Right. Well, that means that the short side in man on the line of scrimmage is just going to crash down and tackle your running back. I'm sorry, but that's not a strategy. Joel Clatter, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. What does it do to the SEC that they had this kind of basically half the conference had to shut down last week and they, they, we lost Alabama LSU. What does it do to their season? Um, I, at this point, not much yet. And, and the reason is, is because the two winners of the, well, I shouldn't say winners, the two leaders of the, the East and West right now, Alabama and Florida are so far ahead that they would have to miss a, a, a large number of games for them to start being like, well, this is impacting the race to the SEC championship game. I think that Greg Sankey feels pretty comfortable right now with the fact that they've played a requisite number of games where they could say, all right, if we can get a couple of more, which we probably will kind of stumble our way to the finish line, and we can still get Alabama and Florida uh, to Atlanta and play an SEC championship game, we can have a bunch of different games that day as other conferences are doing with other teams that don't qualify for the um, uh, conference championship game. And then we can get kind of the requisite number of dates and games and people would be happy. So I think that the SEC right now is feeling probably more comfortable, even with all the postponements that you're seeing. And there was one, uh, another one today with Texas A&M. But I think that you're, what, at least what I'm hearing is that they're more comfortable than the other conferences that don't have the wiggle room. And like the Big Ten, you've got Ohio State that's missed a game. You've got Wisconsin that has missed two games. And while there's other teams that are still undefeated in that conference, those are the two teams that have impressed people the most. And you would probably get those two teams to the conference championship game if things played out like we all expect them to play out. But the problem is Wisconsin has already lost the two games, which means they can only play a max of six games. Well, you have to play at least six games in the Big Ten to get to the conference championship game by some ridiculous, stupid rule that they put on themselves. Um, and so now Ohio State can only miss one more game. So there's a lot more consternation, if you will, in the Big Ten area than there is the SEC right now and what's going to happen over the next few weeks. Uh, what about Notre Dame, your impressions of their win over Boston College? Um, I thought it was good because, remember now, this is one of those things where it's like you climb the mountaintop, how do you respond? How many times do we see good teams, regardless of sport, climb the mountaintop, win a game that they haven't really risen up and, and won in a number of years? In fact, they hadn't been, a, I think, a top-five opponent until since 2005. And, and we see a letdown after that. And we see it time and time again, and they didn't have that letdown. And while the first half wasn't dominant, they pulled away when they needed to. And I think it shows the, a sign, at least for me, that this is a really mature team, that they're self-motivated, they're big, they're physical, they're long. Uh, and, and I think that they're here to stay, and I think Clemson's probably going to have to rematch with them in the ACC championship game, and let's hope Trevor Lawrence is healthy and those other Clemson defenders are healthy so we can get a full kind of you know, mano-a-mano look at which one of those teams is the better team. Uh, Tom Allen's Indiana Club, I know you guys are going to be there this week, takes on Ohio State. Can they beat them? Uh, yes. Yes, they can. Listen, they're not going to be favored, and nor should they be. However... 
This is a really good Indiana team, a really good Indiana team. Michael Penix, their quarterback, is a solid player. He anticipates well. It broke down a bunch of his film last night, Doug, and I was pleasantly surprised, to be honest with you. Uh, he's a run second guy, pass first guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a quick release. He's accurate with the football. It's on time. It's on target. I like what they do with their scheme. And, and let's be honest, this is not last year's Ohio State team. I think because Justin Fields and Ryan Day is there and, and they're explosive on offense, we can get sucked into the illusion that this is as dominant a team as they were a year ago, and that's just not the case. If you look at their defensive numbers, they're actually in the back half of the Big Ten right now in terms of yards per play defense, and I get it. There's only a couple of games uh, uh, here as, as far as the sample size, but this defense is not nearly as dominant as they were a year ago. If you go to the offensive side, while Fields has been amazing, and I think even right now could probably stake claim to be a Heisman frontrunner, they don't run the football like they did a year ago. Remember, J.K. Dobbins had 2,000 yards. He averaged six yards a carry. And they just don't have that type of explosiveness in their run game right now. They don't have a guy that can hit that home run. So they're trying to be more creative. We'll see if they can do that with some of their wide receivers. But I, I think that Indiana has got a shot in this game. And, and in particular, when you take a look at they're not going to have to walk into a sold-out 100,000-fan uh, you know, horseshoe and try to beat not only the Ohio State Buckeyes and the aura of the Buckeyes, but also that crowd. So it won't, won't shock me at all if this Indiana team is close late and Michael Penix is playing really well, and that's a guy that I would have a lot of faith in. Worst weather you ever played in? Oh, man. I played a game. Shoot, man, there's been several of them. We played a, a couple of snow games. I played in a like a uh, – uh, August 30th, first game of the season, just torrential downpour against Colorado State. But I'd have to say we played like 20 minutes after a tornado ripped through Ames, Iowa, and the wind was blowing 60 miles an hour. And like trying to play football in that was was ridiculously tough. Yeah. I I grew up in Southern California. The weather was so nice that we used to water down my backyard, and that was the only way we could get mud football, my brother and I lining up doing like the Oklahoma <laughs> drill in our backyard. So like I watched, it's like, I this is it. my dream. Like, yeah, you don't really want to play in that stuff. It's, it's actually, terrible. that's right. That's right. It's all, it's listen, it's all falling fun and games until you're actually in the middle of a game like that. How miserable did that look in new England? It did not look like fun. It did not look like fun. The, the Cleveland one was at the start when they had to delay was even, even worse, but new England one plus like it just, yeah, just the whole thing. looked. then you have to, I, I either have to tackle Lamar Jackson or tackle Cam Newton. That doesn't look like fun either. No, no. I mean, it can be perfect out, and that doesn't look like fun. You're exactly right. All right. Good stuff, dude. Uh, safe travels to the uh, Ohio State game, and we look forward to seeing you on the TV side. You got it, brother. Have a good one. All right. Joel Klatt, lead college football analyst. Fox Sports does an amazing job. Uh, Jenny Tafton, sideline. Of course, uh, you have uh, I mean, one of the all-time great play-by-play voices uh, as well. So, is there another receiver in the NFL that could have made the DeAndre Hopkins catch? We find out next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Every day this time, I'd like to get you caught up on a different show, uh, something previous in the day on the TV side, Fox Sports 1, or the radio side, Fox Sports Radio, we call it. And now. <laughs> what does the fuck say? This was uh, Nick Wright, first things first, discussing the DeAndre Hopkins game-winning touchdown catch. The more impressive part is the catch. The throw's great, but there's at least four guys in the league that can make that throw. Kyler, Rodgers, Mahomes, Russ. Now, if Russ made the throw, it probably gets intercepted. But four guys can make that throw. Only DeAndre Hopkins. He's the only receiver in the league that can make this catch. He's the only one. DeAndre Hopkins, it's not just because because of his hand size and hand strength. I think he has the best pair of hands in the league, aside from his teammate Larry Fitzgerald. And Fitzgerald doesn't have the athleticism anymore to make this play. Okay, that's not true. <laughs> Look, I, it was a remarkable catch. And I'm not in it. Like, it was, and, and that photo I tweeted out where I was like, look, it's a lot like the NBA where they're like, sometimes good defense doesn't matter. That's what they say. And that's, that, that's what they say. But the idea that he's the only one who could make that catch in the NFL, like, okay, like we just saw Stephon Diggs, you know, his game-winning catch. DK Metcalf, but he, he couldn't make that catch. I mean, I could kind of go through the, some of the big, like, 
Odell Beckham Jr. could make that catch if he's healthy. I'm, I'm asking you honestly and seriously. Devontae Adams could make that catch. So Keenan Allen could make that catch. I think he's great. Julio Jones's catch in the Super Bowl is still maybe the best catch I've ever seen. And they lost, but nobody remembers it. We, we just, we do this thing and, you know, I mean, like, look, Nick likes New Hopkins. Who doesn't like New Hopkins? It's pretty hard not to like him. And my tweet, which I thought was pretty good. Did you like my tweet about it there, uh, Ryan Music, or did you cringe? Was it a, was it a cringe tweet where I said, uh, Donald Trump's the only one who thinks that Bill O'Brien won the New Hopkins trade? Right? That's, that's a good one. See, Ramos laughed. Was it a good one, Ryan? Did you like that? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's funny. I don't think it's you. You've had plenty of tweets that are cringe. That one was not cringe. No, I mean that's. I mean it's a it's a it's a tying what's happening in the country with what just happened on TV. It's perfect. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's good. It's perfect. So, uh, but the no, I mean it was a spectacular, unbelievable catch, unbelievable throw. I can't believe you didn't mention that Aaron Rodgers could make that throw. How do I know? because he's actually made that throw several times, completing it for a touchdown. But it was, I mean, his hands are only like an inch, his fingers are only like an inch longer than the defenders. He's he's right. It's not like he's jumping that much higher, but the hand strength thing and the ability to catch, and probably just, that's why he plays offense and they play defense. That's what the Fox said. And now. What does the Fox say? Right. You good there, Ramos? Yeah, I was kind of... Going backwards, you said that's it, and then I went forward, and it, it, the adapter moved just a, just a smidgen. By the way, uh, Ryan Music, can you give me credit? I had not seen the last Queen's Gambit. You came in here on Friday and said, which one have you seen? And I was like, well, I haven't seen the last one. You said, I have. So I said what I thought would happen, <laughs> and it happened. Uh, yeah, yeah, you definitely. Um, yeah. Now I tried the- not to do the whole, like, I was just like, yeah, just watch. But in my head, I definitely was like, that's exactly 100% what will happen. Yeah. Yeah, Still good, though. I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's not based on any true story, though, is it? It is not. It's based on a book, but not yes. a true story. Yes. But then some of the... I was reading about how some of the matches that she plays mm-hmm. are based off of real matches. Just obviously, she's a fake character, and the people she's playing against are fake, but it's based off of a real game that took place. Was it a woman, or was it two men? It was two men. Mm-hmm. Did it make you want to go play chess? No, not necessarily. I don't think I'm nearly smart enough or have the faculties to play chess at any sort of high level. No, but you can play chess. The, the speed chess thing is really amazing. That, that's that's where you're like, holy cow, the, the thinking that takes place there is pretty. Um, a buyer still trying to get over the Dolphins-Chargers game yesterday, which was just, that, oh, was, uniform that was, uniform, uh, was uniform porn. That's what that was. It was amazing. That's about as good as it gets. Whose uniform do you like better? Wow, that's the, uh, those the Chargers combo were magnificent. Yeah, the Dolphins I, were 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 right there close as well. You have to have two things to be successful in the NFL. Two. We'll tell you what they are next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.